When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. And guys, I am having the best week ever. And I gotta say, I think it's because, you might laugh at me for this, but I think my good week, the reason why I'm having a good week is because Harry Styles and Taylor Swift interacted. They are friendly again. They are on speaking terms And honestly, that was enough. That was enough for me to say, okay, I'm having a good week. Nothing can mess with my mood this week because Harry Styles and Taylor Swift are out of the woods. (laughs) I've been dying to use that. Anyway, so that really made my week. Taylor Swift performing at the Grammys really made my week. Her Cardigan August Willow mashup of sorts made my week. Her sparkly dress made my week. Everything you know, Harry's feather boa, honestly, I know people are saying that the Grammys were a bit lackluster. They're calling them the scammies or however you say that, scammies, yeah. But you know what? It was enough for me. It did it for me. I really enjoyed myself watching it on my computer in my bed. And yeah, that's all I have to say. I really think that Taylor and Harry really blessed us with their performances and with their interaction. Like, I just, I'm not over it. I'm not over it. It's been all these days later and I'm still not over it. So I think they're responsible for my good week, among some other things, because um, as you guys have probably found out by now on other forms of social media, I have officially moved. So I'm sitting in my brand new apartment, new to me at least. It's a very historic apartment um, building and area and all the things, but it's new to me and I'm so excited. I'm sorry if there's a bit of an echo in here because I actually don't have any furniture besides a side table, which I'm using to record this. And I have my uh, microphone on top of my side table, like an end table. And I'm sitting on a pillow that I'm gonna have to wash after this because it's like on the floor. But yeah, I really don't have any other furniture. I sold everything. As I said, I think I talked about this in last week's episode. I did. Yeah. So I sold all my furniture in Los Angeles. I just wanted to start fresh and it was super expensive to ship it all across the country. So it just made sense to rid myself of all of my worldly furniture possessions and just start fresh. So all I really have in here right now is just boxes on boxes and boxes of clothes, art supplies, books, shoes, all my my knickknacks, my tchotchkes, my uh, my glassware, my yeah, my wine glasses, my my coupe glasses, all that stuff. That's really all I have uh, to my name right now. So we're working on finding homes for all these things. I need to organize 
my life a bit in the next coming weeks, um, get some furniture that actually organizes my clothing. So I don't have a dresser here. I didn't end up bringing my dresser that I had. Um, so I'm starting fresh in that regard too. I have so many things to do, but I'm really excited for this, this chapter ahead. I feel motivated to do this. I feel excited to have a new project and you guys know how I love interiors and designing things. And so I'm really excited for this new project. It's going to be great for me and I'm feeling really happy about it um, overall. So yeah, I just, you know, went ahead and trusted my instincts in coming out here again to New York and leaving home again. I was home for all of about maybe like four and a half weeks or something before I left to come here. So I did have some time to really process, really think. Um, And I'm going to talk about you know, this all with you guys later in the episode and over on YouTube, I'm posting a full deep dive of my decision and everything. But yeah, basically in a nutshell, I trusted my instincts. I trusted that feeling that you kind of get in your heart where it's, it almost feels like a pulling sensation. Like they're like, it's like pulling you in a direction. It's like Taylor Swift's invisible string, you know? So I was home, I did some deep thinking and ultimately it led me here again. So yeah, Um, But I do want to talk about today in the episode, I want to talk a lot about fear. And I've talked about fear before on the podcast, but not really in this context of doing things afraid and being confident despite fear. Because I think a lot of us out there let fear write our stories, let fear rule our lives and make our decisions for us. And a lot of things, you know, have happened in our lives where we, we take fear as being the end of that chapter. Like, oh, you know, I really enjoy talking to this guy, but I'm really afraid that he doesn't feel the same way. I'm really afraid to ruin the friendship. I'm really afraid, 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 afraid. And so I'm going to let it stop here. Like it's going to be done here. Or I really enjoy this one hobby and I want to do this forever and I want to make this into a career, but oh gosh, what if I can't support myself? What if I fail? okay, let's stop that now and focus on the stuff I really need to do to make a living. You know, you've heard this story a million times. Fear prevents us from truly doing a lot of things of great importance to us. Fear gets in the way of that. Fear writes our story for us. And imagine all of the things that we would do and would accomplish. Imagine how many more works of art, works of literature, works of any sort, movies, TV, anything that is created, coffee shops even, You know, how many more would exist if fear didn't get in the way of someone's will, of someone's want, of someone's desire? So anyway, today I want to talk about fear. And what really brought forth this for me was being on Pinterest, or no, maybe I was on Tumblr. Tumblr or Pinterest, I don't remember where. One of my various places I go when I'm just like, you know, needing inspiration. I love just mindlessly scrolling on there, both of those. So I saw this quote and I instantly jotted it down in my notes and needed to share it with you guys. So I'm not sure who said this, and I tried to back search it and could not figure it out. So it's an unknown author who is really dear to my heart because they really hit the nail on the head with this. So it says, the feeling of fear is never going to go away completely. When you feel fear, keep going forward. You are not a coward if you feel fear. You are only a coward if you give in to that feeling. You can learn to do it afraid. So while I was home, one of the main things that I focused on, besides just doing a lot of overall deep thinking about my life, my priorities, like what I really want to do, where I see myself, all those things, 
But mainly what I did and what I urge you guys to do if you're ever in a tough spot or a spot where you feel kind of lost, you feel kind of like you don't really know what you're doing, retrace your steps. That is what I did. I went back in time. I watched so many of my old YouTube videos, read my old journals, went through scrapbooks from my high school, middle school experience, you know, yearbooks, all the stuff, was just retracing my steps, reminding myself of who I used to be, what my goals were when I was young, you know, what I saw myself doing at this age when I was younger, who I was when I was younger and how I've changed, just all those things, revisiting my younger self. Because I find that when you do that, you get closer to your true essence, your true purpose. Because as we grow, as we meet new people, as we learn how, how many other ways there are to live and be in other priorities and other, just because everyone's so different, obviously. And every time we meet someone, we take a little fragment of their being and put it into our own and vice versa. And so getting back to the basics of who you are is really important every once in a while because sometimes you, it's inevitable that you'll listen to other people's opinions and a lot of times their opinions become part of you too, if you know what I'm saying. So going back to your roots, figuring out who you really are and what you really stand for is so, so important. And I can't think of a better place to do it than my childhood home, or I guess sort of because we did move from my like real childhood home into a new home when I was, you know, sophomore in college, but you know, you know what I mean? So just being close to my roots. So when I was home, I was thinking about my happiest, most blissful, sweet moments, moments in life where I've just caught myself the happiest ever or the most driven, the most inspired, the most creative, feeling the most powerful, all of those things that we crave because being a human can be very hard sometimes having to deal with sadness and fear and loss and heartache and uh, confusion, anxiety, depression, all the things that of course aren't so glamorous, aren't how we want to feel, we go through all of that. We still carry on because of those sweet moments. And so I just kind of mentally listed a lot of those moments for me, just maybe those you know, phases in my life, those ages, those times where I've just felt most myself, most happy, most excited, most motivated, all those things. And I just kind of just put them all next to each other in my mind and thought to myself, was I completely without fear in those times of my life? Was I? And the answer, no, I wasn't. I wasn't completely without fear. You know, when I was having the time of my life in college with my best friends and eating ramen noodles on the couch on a Sunday night, laughing so hard, I think my stomach is going to explode and dancing at a frat party, just carefree, singing some horrible early 2000s song at the top of my lungs, all of those just really nice moments that I just had the best time in college, I was still so fearful. I was fearing so many things. The future, post-grad, getting a job, ending up alone because my biggest priority in college was having a boyfriend. And I had so many fears like that that were just kind of there. They were in me as I was having those really carefree, blissful, happy moments, they were still there. I wasn't without fear at all. I just was carrying on despite the fear. When I was in New York and I was working at my first corporate job and I was leading a photo shoot and I was 
just executing the whole thing, start to finish on my own, feeling so motivated, so powerful, so capable, getting a raise at my first job, getting promoted, making a great point in a meeting with all these older people and just feeling so good about myself and my future, I was still afraid. I was afraid that I would run out of good ideas to share at the table and then what would everyone think of me? I was afraid of what my coworkers thought of me in so many different ways. I was afraid of using the wrong words or sending the wrong email or just the biggest fear of like accidentally emailing someone prematurely. And like, I just had all of these, like so funny, some of them, but like I had so many fears while I was doing that, even though I was having a great motivated time leading photo shoots and doing all these things, I still had fear. I wasn't without fear when I was just even going out in the city in New York and just feeling so inspired by this city and so alive and so excited to go out and dance and drink and listen to music and be with my friends in the best city on earth, I still had fear. I was always hit with that morning Sunday scary sensation of being like, oh my God, I'm a failure. I am hungover. I'm afraid. Am I going to end up alone? Will all my friends find husbands and I'll end up being that one lone single person who can't seem to get it right? What if this is my peak? Like, where do I go from here? All of those just, everyone knows that feeling of just a Sunday scary. And like, that was happening to me quite a lot, even though I was posting on social media appearing as though I was living my Carrie Bradshaw New York City life because honestly I was like I was excited and happy and like none of it was ingenuine but I didn't have no fear I wasn't doing all of that without any ounce of fear I was doing it although I had fear I was doing it while carrying my fear along with me so that being said I think that it's about time that we normalize fear we normalize it as a feeling that is not a roadblock. It is not something that will completely derail us from living our lives. It shouldn't be the end of a chapter. It should just be a footnote. It should just be something that is there but does not rule the story. You know, a footnote being just a, you know, as you're reading something, sometimes there's a footnote, there's a little number or letter next to a little character next to the word, and then you go down to the footnote and it shows the definition or a little note about said section. And so fear should be categorized as a footnote in your story, a little thing that's just there, but isn't a defining feeling, a defining quality, a defining character in your story. That's my opinion. Having fear means that we have awareness. It means that we're creative. It means that we are imagining these scenarios that might not happen, which might sound a little funny, but fear fear means that we have the ability to imagine different futures, different things, and we're creative and we have that awareness, okay? It's true. And to throw a little dollop of history at you, because I always do, it's been said that Roman Emperor Augustus Caesar had a very serious fear of the dark, thunder, and lightning. He may have been one of the most powerful men in the world of his time, the first Roman emperor, an extremely intelligent and capable guy who is known for so many things. He rose to power when he was just 19, guys, and led an army, restored peace in the Roman Empire, a period of peace that would last 
200 years, etc. He was officially declared a god when he died. He was declared a god by his people. They were so in awe of him. But he was afraid of so many things while he accomplished all of this. Apparently, when Augustus was out walking one day and a man walking in front of him got struck by lightning, just a few meters ahead of him, he took it as a sign from the gods that they weren't pleased with him. And from that moment on, he had an intense fear of lightning, thunder, and also the dark, according to Roman historians. So Augustus Caesar was able to lead an army at 19, lead an empire at 19, and do all of these things accomplish all of this, be declared a God, and yet he had fear while he did it. So my thing is, I feel the fear, but I do it anyways, every single day of my life, or I'm trying to at least. (laughs) And a modern instance of fear that I had recently, I was trying to like retrace my steps in the sense of like, what was the last fear incident that I had that was just kind of mundane and silly and like just normal? And the first thing I thought of was, I was still in LA at this time, this is a few months back, and Julia and I had just, you know, we literally marked our calendars for the day when nail salons opened again because they were closed for quite some time in LA. And I was like, we need to go the second that they open. My toes are disgusting. Like I need to get my nails done so bad. So we marked our calendars. We were so excited for this outing to go get our nails done for the first time in months. And we're sitting in this chair. I'd never been to this salon before. It was somewhere on Abbott Kinney um, in Los Angeles. And I'm sitting in the chair And this girl walks into the salon and she had this bright blue hair, like gorgeous girl. And, you know, she's wearing the mask. So it's hard to, it's always hard to tell who someone is with their mask on sometimes. Like if their defining features are like, you know, because I I feel like for some people, their mouth and nose is very important to the overall configuration of their, I mean, it's important to everyone's face, obviously, but like certain people are very hard to recognize without those features. I don't know what it is. I think maybe I'm one of those people too. I like look bad in a mask. Like I just, maybe everyone thinks that, but that's just what I think. Anyway, but this girl, she has blue hair. She walks in, sits down to get her nails done as well. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, I know this girl. And I'm trying to figure it out. Like I'm like craning my neck, trying not to be obvious that I'm staring at her. And I'm like, I know this girl. I text Julia. I don't want to say it out loud because it's a small salon, but I text Julia. I was like sending her a picture of this girl's Instagram because I know her from, she's one of my social media friends, you know, so you, you know someone online. And then when it comes time to like meet them in person, you're like, oh gosh, I hope I'm recognizing the right person. Like even without masks, sometimes I get nervous. Like if I'm going on a hinge date and I get there later than, or like they're already there and I have to like look for them at the bar or the restaurant. I'm like, oh no, what if I walk up to the wrong person? What if I can't recognize him? What if he looks different than his pictures? Like that fear, okay? So I was trying to figure out whether or not I knew this girl basically. And Julia's like, I don't know, it's hard to say, like it's hard to tell, but I'm like, she has blue hair. Like how many people in LA, I guess a lot of people in LA have blue hair, but like how many, like she just, I don't know. I just, I had this feeling, but I wasn't entirely sure. I was nearing the end of my treatment. I was getting just a pedicure. And so I was like, this is crunch time. I can either go up to her and just risk it because what's the worst she's going to say? Like, who are you? Or do I just walk out and not say hi to her? Because she wasn't really looking at me. So maybe she did see me. and Maybe she was thinking the same exact thing, but I don't know because I didn't see her look in my direction. But who knows? Maybe she was thinking the same thing, probably. So... At the end, I get up, I'm like putting my my flip-flops on, I'm like tipping the woman that did my pedicure, and I walk over and my like heart is pounding. Like, why was my heart pounding so 
badly. I was just so anxious about this, this just saying hi, like, come on. Oh my God, I'm crazy. So I go over to the girl and I just say her name. I'm like, Amelie. And she's like, Katie, oh my God. And I'm like, sigh of relief. Thank God. Okay. She's like, I I didn't see you there. Like I get so like when I'm, you know, getting treatments done, when I'm, when I'm doing errands, like I get so in my head and like, don't like think, don't look around me. I, I, you know, said all the things that I would have said too, if, um, because truthfully, I mean, she probably didn't see me and yeah. So I walked up to her, I said, hi. And we talked, chatted for a bit. It was so good to talk to her in person and meet her in real life. It was really cool because we've done a lot of cool projects together. I really love her as a creator and just as a person. So I was hoping that I would run into her one of these days. And so she was like, yeah, I'm going to be in New York in a few months if you're there. And, you know, we're actually making plans to meet up here. And so none of that would really have happened if I hadn't just bought the the fear sirens in my head that says, what if she doesn't recognize you? What if it's not her? What if, what if, what if? And just did it anyway. Feel the fear, but do it anyway. Okay. Because you've no idea how many things could arise, could happen, new chapters in your story. If you just feel the fear and do it anyway, even in like silly life situations like that, like going to the nail salon and being unsure whether or not this girl is someone I know or not. Like it's, it's silly, but I feel a lot of those fear moments every day. Like sometimes I even feel like this might be just me, but sometimes I feel a little tinge of fear when I'm about to walk in somewhere and it's a small store. I get nervous like that everyone's going to be like looking at me. I don't know. I get these weird little like social anxiety fears. I definitely have a, a bit of social anxiety um, despite being an extrovert, which I, I am an extrovert. I have issues with social anxiety sometimes. I get nervous when the attention is all on me, I don't like being the center of attention. Like when people are looking at me, like I don't like that. It makes me nervous. So I feel that fear every day. I feel all sorts of fears like that. Um, but I do it anyway. So with this move to New York, I certainly felt quite a bit of fear. I mostly felt motivated, excited, energized, but also afraid, afraid of what people would think of me, afraid of what you guys would think, like my followers, and then also people that that know me in real life that are seeing this move, like they're like, oh, Katie, like she's moving around all the time. Like, can she make up her mind? Does she know what she's doing? Because I think a lot of times people see constant moving, constant new decisions and pivoting as a sign of weakness. I don't agree with that necessarily, but I just worry sometimes that, I mean, why do I care? But I do, you know, it's one of those things. Like, why do I care what other people think? Well, it doesn't change the fact that I do, you know? I can ask myself that question every day, but I'm working towards just being proud of myself and doing things that make me proud and caring a bit less about what people think. Um, But it's definitely a conscious, conscious goal of mine that doesn't always happen. I also had some fear with surrounding being alone with my own thoughts for a bit because, of course, I've been home for a bit, kind of also alone with my thoughts because my parents work during the day. But at least I had someone to talk to, you know, at dinner time. And luckily, I have a lot of friends here. Luckily, my parents are just a phone call away. Luckily, my, my home in Maryland isn't even that far if I want to hop on the train and go back. And, I'm, you know, I need to see my family again. But I did have some fear surrounding just this new chapter. Because I think anytime you move, anytime you do anything new and different, you have fear because you always worry was this the right choice? I I talked about this a few episodes ago when I was talking about leaving LA. It's like you wonder because ultimately every decision you make alters your story, alters the way that things will go in a good way or in a not so good way, depending, but of course it's up to you. And that is the beauty of life. 
it is up to us what we do. So I was feeling those fears, but I was mostly excited. I was 90% excited, 10% afraid. And I just, I read that quote amidst all these feelings. I read the quote that I said earlier, which I'll, I'll read it again really quick. It was, the feeling of fear is never going to go away completely. When you feel fear, keep going forward. You are not a coward if you feel fear. You are only a coward if you give in to that feeling. You can learn to do it afraid. So when I read that, it really did help me with these feelings and make them feel a bit more normal because I think a lot of times when people move, we see it on social media and we're like, wow, that's so exciting, good for them. Like, I can't wait to see their new house. I can't wait to see how they decorate. And we think of all those superficial things, which are really fun and exciting. Don't get me wrong. I love decorating and I'm excited to share that part of this journey with you and all of those things. But you also don't really see the side of the person that's like thinking, oh gosh, is this the right thing? Am I making the right decision? You know, signing a year lease in this place, like, is this right? And so we don't see those emotions all the time because not everyone chooses to share those. So I read this article by New America about the history of fear. You guys know I had to look into it. I'll link it in the show notes if you guys want to read the full article. But this one paragraph in the article really spoke to me. It says, fear has a survival function. It evolved to protect us. When faced with a physical threat, our bodies undergo changes that prepare us to fight or run the fight or flight response. If you recognize a threat before it reaches you, obviously you are more likely to survive. Let me say that again. If you recognize a threat before it reaches you, you are obviously more likely to survive. If you see a snake with yellow and brown stripes and know that it has killed five people, then you recognize that snake is dangerous and you avoid it. So in a nutshell, don't feel ashamed of the fear that you feel. Don't let it hold you back. Let it be instead a reminder that you are intelligent. You are aware of yourself and others. You see a full, huge, colorful picture of what the world is, of what the world can be. You are always thinking, imagining, dreaming. Feel the fear, but do it anyway. And that, my friends, is what I am doing sitting here right now in my empty apartment. Um, there's a lot of fear. <laughs> I was even like on furniture websites last night looking at different furnitures and I was afraid to order too many wood pieces online because as anyone knows that's ever ordered a wood piece of any sort, like a desk or a table or anything with wood, they look different online. The color, they could describe it as an oak or a different like finish of wood and it looks completely different when it comes in the mail. And so I always am hesitant because I did this in LA. I have this tendency of wanting everything to be done like the first week that I'm in a new place. I'm like, oh, I want to order everything now. I want to get it all here. I want it to come so fast and be here. And I don't want to have all this empty space staring at me kind of as like a you have things to do sort of, you know, because when I look around, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get overwhelmed. I have so many things to order and to do and to fill the space with and there's clothes everywhere and I get overwhelmed. But I was trying very hard to be chill last night on the furniture websites and take my time. I want to go to some vintage stores. I want to find some secondhand pieces because I keep buying new and I don't want to contribute to that anymore. <laughs> like I want to really try to find pieces with character and things that have already been loved and used. And so I'm making a point to look at a lot of vintage stores in the area. But I, anyway, back to what I was saying though, I was having some fear with ordering some wood stuff online that I absolutely need. Like I 
of course I need a desk because I'm sitting on the floor right now. So that's the first thing that I ordered because I just needed that for work and for my general well-being. So ordered a desk and I was just so worried that the wood would not match this side table that I'm sitting with right now. And so I had fear with that. But then I was like, you know what? I think it's okay if the woods don't always match, right? It is okay. The world will go on. Things will be fine. Um, Because in this space, it's interesting. I you know, if you guys watch the YouTube video, which is definitely up by now, if you guys want to see the full tour, check out my YouTube channel or Instagram. I think I probably posted something on my story by now too. Um, so the apartment itself, it's an interesting coloration. So the floors are super dark, like a black lacquer. So kind of like a, when I say lacquer, I mean, they're shiny, so they're not matte. It's like a, uh, shiny black. I think they're painted black. I can't really tell. I've been watching a lot of um, Fixer Upper with Joanna Gaines, and this looks to me, I guess maybe they don't look painted because the seams, you can see the seams. Anyway, they're gorgeous black floors and then white walls, but not bright white, more of a cream, kind of like an eggshell, maybe, I don't know. They're kind of creamy, but I still think they're white. It's hard to say. I'm really bad with colors, despite being a graphic designer. I always have to really sit with a color before I decide what is this color really, you know? I really have to stare at it. But the trim, what I really love about this place is the trim, the molding. It's so, like, gorgeous, thick molding. And that, the molding is bright white. So with that, with this, like, very neutral palette, the bathroom's all white with this, like, nude color, kind of neutral tile. But the kitchen has oak cabinets. So oak being like a kind of a lighter wood, but with a little bit, I wouldn't say it's like a yellow, more of like a a golden finish, like undertone to it, but it's, it's definitely like a, maybe not a white oak, just like an oak oak. If you Google oak, like a light oak, um, light, not white. So I have that color to work with too. So now I'm just like, what do I do in terms of like wood finish colors? Like what do I do? What I've done in a lot of my spaces is just go super neutral uh, with everything so everything will match. But that isn't extremely fun. Like I think it's easy to just make your whole space like white because then you don't have to like incorporate any color and match the colors. It's just super easy, which isn't a bad thing. And I've done that in all my spaces. I just ordered a white couch yesterday. So, you know, I'm still kind of doing that. But I really want to try to incorporate some very uh, intentional color into this space. Like I think a green, like pops of like green would be gorgeous. I was considering for a hot second a green couch, but I don't know if I'm, I'm cool enough to have a green couch. Maybe I am, but like, I don't know. You know, like a green suede couch. Like I really love when I see other people have those, but I think with me, I just, I would get sick of it. Like I think I need a neutral couch because I can just spruce it up with various colors for different seasons and things. That's just me, but I want to get some like green pops. Like I already have my green faux fiddle fig plant from LA. I did bring that as well. So I'm going to use that and then I'm going to get some different spruces of little color to throw around. Maybe some green, some green uh, ceramics. There's such good light in here. I can just put them, prop them in the window and it'll look really cool. I want to get a lot of um, like just very intentional looking tchotchke things. I already have so many, so I can't get too many, but I want to get a lot of coffee table books and I want to eventually find a credenza or like a, they call them different things, credenza, media console, sideboard, like there's all these little things. They're all different, but they all would serve the same purpose of holding my TV and some various things in it. And I want to find hopefully a vintage one. Who knows if I'll be able to find one that is to my liking. I hope so. 
but I would really love to get one of those and then just have these like cool like coffee table books and vases and candlestick holder things and all that stuff. So I'm really excited to, to decorate that. Um, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. I hope I'm interesting. Anyway, so that is uh, my current fear, <laughs> like matching wood. But the project that I'm most excited about for this apartment is, as you guys will see in the in the vlog that I'll post, the tour, it has this super unique, and this is what, what drew me to it. When I was on the website on Street Easy searching for the apartment, when I saw this feature, I was like, I need to have this place. I can't believe that this is on the market. This is like for rent right now because I've just never, even on, you know, scrolling on Street Easy, I've, I've had three apartments in New York already. So if you count my summer apartment from summer before senior year and then my Hell's Kitchen apartment and then my West Village apartment. So I've had three apartments already. So I've been on Street Easy quite a lot over the years and I've never felt like that, that, that invisible string pull feeling that I mentioned earlier in the episode to, I mean, maybe in my last apartment, I felt that to a certain extent, you guys know, I love a studio this is a studio technically. Um, I could put doors in between the two rooms and make it a one bed, but I like the open floor plan, the open feel. And so in the last place, I definitely gravitated towards that studio. I like the openness, even if there isn't a special place for the bed to go with the door to close, whatever. Like it just still to me feels so homey having, I like being able to like lay in my bed and see my whole apartment in front of me and know there's no one lurking anywhere, especially living alone. I love a studio. Like, don't don't knock a studio until you try it, okay? It's my two cents on that. So anyway, the thing that I'm most excited about, back to that, is the loft space. There's like a little baby loft. So first of all, there's so much storage in here. There are so many little nooks and places for me to put things and store things, which is so nice. So I won't have just things laying everywhere because I feel like in my last apartment, I just really did not have enough storage and that was my problem. So here there is copious amounts of storage and the baby loft is the coolest thing. So there's this really cool black lacquered uh, staircase. It's definitely a steep staircase. So I'm going to have to have people sign waivers before going up there, <laughs> especially if they have alcohol in their system. Um, but it's really fun. So it's a little staircase. It goes up to this, I would say it's like a, a half loft because you can't stand up in there. It's just like an awkward height. It's like not short, too short to the, the extent that I can't have people go up there and like people can't sit up there. People certainly can, but you just can't stand up. But the cool part is it has this glass wall on the side. So you can see through it kind of, it's a sheer sort of glass situation, frosted glass, but you can look over the glass and see, you know, the, the space below. So it's really cool. You feel a part of the space even when you're up there. So what I want to do is I want to make it a super cozy little nook and put a bunch of like cushions. I'm going to get some like futon cushions from Urban. They have a bunch of them on there or somewhere online. Maybe I can get some custom fitted ones for up there or a, a cool rug or something and set up a bunch of floor pillows. I already have a few from Etsy that I've had throughout the years, some Moroccan poofs and things. So I'm going to put those up there. I'm going to string some lights. I'm going to decorate the walls with like cool stuff. Like I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but lots of blankets and fun things and maybe a little, like I want to put a little low table up there. So if me and my friends want to go sit up there and just like play music and vibe and I don't know, drink or eat dinner or something. We can do it up there. So yeah, it's really cute. Lots of possibilities. I'm definitely going to do a whole YouTube series on decorating this place and finding all of the things that I want to use here. I still have so many possibilities also with the wall furnishings. Like I, I don't really have a ton, which is 
it stirs up some fear in me to not have everything just ready to go and like setting everything up because I think in my last place I was pretty pretty good with that I like had everything ordered beforehand and so I knew where everything was going to go but then it it was kind of limiting because then after a week I was just sitting in my apartment I'm like oh okay I'm already done like that's not exciting like I like that there's so many possibilities like although there is some fear involved with not having everything planned out it's still exciting because that means that there's so many possibilities and I think that I mentioned that in my my one episode I posted a few episodes ago when I was announcing the fact that I left LA, I think I was saying that because it, it is beautiful to have options and possibilities and to not know what's going to happen next. And truly, even though I did make one decision to come out here and live here again, I still don't know what's next. I still don't know what's going to happen here. I still don't know what my apartment will look like in a few months. Like I was just sitting here last night on my air mattress because I don't have a mattress yet. Um, I was sitting on my air mattress just looking around. I was thinking, wow, like this place, like if I could close my eyes and open them up again and it'll be a year from now, like what will this place look like? Will I be here a year from now? My, my goal is to stay here for more than a year, hopefully, unless I am thinking about buying property next year because I, I was considering it this time around, but it just didn't end up working out because the market is really interesting right now in, in New York. So prices are amazing. You probably have heard this maybe that prices in New York are amazing. Like I got an amazing deal on this place as a rental, but I was looking at some places to purchase. Um, and while that is a, a huge financial goal of mine, I just didn't see anything that was to my liking in my price category, because I think a lot of people are waiting to sell until the, like when the market goes back up. Cause right now it's very low. So you won't get, a lot of people won't make a return or won't make profit on their, their unit that they're selling unless they've had it for years and years and years and years because the market is so low right now. So I think people are going to wait to sell. That's my theory. Anyway, so maybe in a year I'll be buying property or I'll just stay here another year because honestly, I love it and the area is great. So I'm hoping that I will just fall in love and want to stay here forever and ever and ever and have kids here. And no, never mind. Can you imagine having kids in a studio? I couldn't do that. I could live in a studio with maybe a significant other. I could definitely live here by myself for a few years. But having a kid in a studio apartment just sounds like my version of hell. I couldn't escape. <laughs> I'd be just sitting up in the loft. Anyway, so that's a little uh, synopsis, if you will, on the apartment and on fear, on my general state of being right now, on Augustus Caesar and snakes and a lot of things. We just chatted about a whole lot of things. Um, but yeah, this has just kind of been like a little update, a little just ramble of sorts of how I'm feeling right now and what I'm dealing with and how a lot of times in life, I mean, almost always, you're always going to have a little bit of fear. And if you run from fear, it, it's just really not going to help you because you're going to find it wherever you go. And I don't want to say that and scare you, but it's true. Like, even if you don't go down one path because you're afraid of something, the path that you end up going down, if there's a fork in the road and you go down the other path, you're still going to encounter fear there too. So you might as well do the things you love and, and live in a way that makes you excited and happy and proud because you're going to encounter fear whether you do it or not. And I'm not going to let fear write my story for me. I'm not sure about you, but I don't think we should be letting fear write our stories and choose our paths. And so I, I read this thing I do want to close with. You attract what you're ready for. And I read that, I forget, I think it was um, oh, someone's Instagram story, someone that I really love. I don't remember who, but you attract what you're ready for. And 
it's just one of those things where the apartment, when I saw it online, it just like stared me in the face and almost told me, kind of beckoned me and said, yes, yes, you can do this. You can, you can, you can, you will, you will, you will. You know when something is is showing itself to you as a sign that you need to do something and you can't let fear convince you otherwise. You can't let fear talk you out of it because like I said, no matter what path, the safe path or the non-safe, the, the more treacherous uh, putting your heart on the line path, both of those paths will bring you fear, okay? And so you just have to choose wisely which one makes the most sense to you. And I hope, I really hope that you will find the courage to choose the treacherous path, even though there's certain fears that come along with it because the treacherous paths are the ones that lead you somewhere exciting, that lead you somewhere where you look back and you're like, wow, I did that. Wow, I climbed that mountain and I got to the other side. So yeah, those are my two cents on fear, on feeling fear and doing it anyway on the apartment. I will definitely have more updates to come in the next few weeks, um, next few months. Like I will just continuously be updating you guys on New York living and all that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the update guys. Thank you so much for listening to my rambly thoughts and I will talk to you guys all next week. Bye. (laughs) 